afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, June 9th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, let me tell you a bit about my co-host, <laughs> folks. Do you know today is National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day? And I'll tell you, I would take her strawberry rhubarb pie over Doug Ford's disgusting cherry cheesecake recipe. She is the goddess who is most modest. She is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of Quebec City. She is Alexa Lavoie. Bonjour, Alexa. Hello, David. I'm sorry, I don't like the rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hold the rhubarb and just make a strawberry pie then. Isn't rhubarb, uh, isn't there some incredible property in rhubarb that is uh, good for us or something like that? I know, it's not good in my mouth, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know one thing for certain. And you know what? I think we're going to do this now that Premier Ford has been reelected. I've been told by those who are bakers that they analyzed Doug Ford's recipe for his cherry cheesecake, and they said it's actually quite awful. <laughs> it's like horrible ingredients. It's really done on the cheap. It's, it's not like the kind of cheesecake you'd get at the uh, cherry cheesecake uh, factory, or sorry, rather the cheesecake factory, you know, that upscale uh, restaurant chain. So maybe we should apply it to the taste, what, to the test. What do you think about that, uh, Alexa? Because I know you are a fantastic cook. Whenever we go out on assignment, you insist on cooking for us all and uh wow you really hit it out of the ballpark every time with your delicious recipes uh, i know how to make a cheesecake but i didn't see the one that uh doug ford says made <laughs> but i saw him eating on it on your report but i didn't see the full recipe yeah and i think we kind of see the results of eating cherry cheesecake on a regular basis Anyway, uh, <laughs> enough about culinary delights, Alexa. Uh, would you like to tell the folks the ostensible policy reason of what we're trying to do here, my friend? Yes. So as you know, is the daily live stream, everybody. And we will talk about many, many different topics. And sometimes, you know, some topic it's more... Um, I unappropriate for uh, some platform because of the censorship. So please, if you see that we cannot continue on YouTube, you can follow us on Rumble, Super U, Odyssey. And do we have another one? Is it Getter? Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Now yes. we have Getter. So please, uh, if you, we, you see that our topic is just too wavy to be on YouTube, please change uh, platform. Keep continue for, uh, watching us. And as well, if you have some questions, please use the Super Chat. Ask us any question that you want me and David today. We will answer everything. Indeed. And folks, what the platform Alexa is hinting at that doesn't like certain topics, that would be YouTube. We love the fact that we have almost like 1.6 million YouTube subscribers, but they're very antsy. They're very censorious when it comes to such topics as, oh, you know, providing a different narrative for the COVID-19 uh, story than what is generally accepted uh, by the elite. Uh, they don't like stories of electoral fraud. Oh, um, you can talk about 2016 electoral fraud all you want. 
just not the 2020 uh, electoral fraud uh, south of the border. And uh, so if we get into those areas, we got to uh, bid adieu. Uh, that's French for goodbye uh, to YouTube. And um, they've already demonetized us. Uh, we don't want them to deplatform us. So there you go. There is our housekeeping, as uh, Dr. Evil likes to say. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, Alexa, we got a packed slate here. Well, 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 look who's in the news. Uh, yet again, sneaky Patrick Brown <laughs> is making headlines. Um, two conservative MPs are switching allegiance from Patrick Brown to Pierre Polyev. Um what do you think is the unspoken reason for these conservatives to abandon uh, the brown ship and to get the life preserver on and go over to the Pierre Polyev uh, ship? Do you think it's just a recognition that basically with the way things are going, Polyev looks like the odds on favorite to win the leadership? Uh, but I'm sorry. OK, they were in their their campaign party since a month, and may more than that. And oh, obviously, like they they released the um, how, how many membership they sold. Oh, and they changed like party. <laughs> um, of course, like what we we saw now is like Pierre Poliev have double of membership sold than Mr. Brown. So is it because because they claim that is because it's the division of the campaign, and they should reunite all the conservatives around Pierre Poliev. But I think it's more, from my personal point of view, I think it's a more opportunistic um, tactic. Oh, uh, on their behalf, yeah, you want to be, I guess, publicly backing the winning horse. And it's funny, I've read stories, whether it's Pierre Poliev, uh, Patrick Brown, Jean Charest, they are all claiming, uh, whether they release the number of memberships sold or not, that they have the clear path to victory. Uh, well, we're going to find out for sure on September 10th, aren't we, Alexa? But, um, you know, I, I have a source who's close to Patrick Brown, and um, as he put in his words, I'll try to clean it up, when Patrick Brown steps in dog shite. He always has an excuse uh, why his shoes are smelling. And in this case, allegedly, he's saying that those two conservative MPs were pressured uh, to uh, go away to the Pierre Polyev uh, camp. I don't know if that's true or not, but if that's what he's saying, and we know Patrick Brown has a terrible difficulty telling the truth. I mean, <laughs> do, do you believe that for a second? Do you believe somebody in the conservative party apparatus went to these two individuals and said, hey, stop supporting Brown for whatever reason? Uh, doesn't pass my sniff test, Alexa. Doesn't pass my test either. Like, <laughs> Patrick Brown has only four MP and now 50% left him. Maybe you have a reason. Well, you know, uh, I can't imagine he has any support. He, Patrick Brown, I'm sorry to say, but the facts support it. Alexa, he is such a liar that if he were to spit in your face, he would tell you it's raining, okay? He will say anything <laughs> to anyone 
to get their trust. And once he's gotten their trust, he'll betray that trust. I go back to the very reason why the man who would have been premier for Ontario was booted out of the party with just six months to go, less than six months ago, for the provincial election in 2018. And that was this, Alexa. This is a man who went out to the social conservatives when he was campaigning to become leader. Oh, yeah, I'm going to scrap the liberal sex ed curriculum. It, it, I don't like it. I know you don't like it. I promise I'll scrap it. And then uh, guess what? He, tell, he, he threw the social conservatives under the bus saying that, uh, you know what? The liberal sex ed curriculum, no problem here, just fine. And then he burned the fiscal conservatives, Alexa, by saying, uh, on the very first speech after becoming leader of the party, I'm going to introduce to Ontario, which is still a manufacturing province, a made in Ontario carbon tax. Yeah, what not that brilliant? Let's do some more virtue signaling to scare away the remaining industries that we have here. And when there were no more social conservatives to throw under the bus and when there were no more fiscal conservatives to throw under the bus, well, guess what, Alexa? The uh, PC Party of Ontario threw Patrick Brown under the bus and um, he came back as mayor of um, Brampton, even though he has no connection uh, to that uh, city. Uh, there are so many rumors of scandal in that city who I don't have time to get into. Um, here's the question, Alexa. Why is this man who does not lead by example, and I speak of the time we caught him in a hockey rink playing hockey with his um, berry buddies while he locked down all the rec facilities of Canada. Why does this man have any support uh, why does he have any credibility? Uh, it baffles me. <clears throat> May I would not be surprised, but you you know more than me because not only you cut in uh, at the uh, hockey ring, but I think you have a good report that's coming up uh, on his subject as well because uh, you find something pretty... Like, you can see it, like, right now. Like, he's not respecting his own rule <laughs> when he's actually giving, like, $880 to his own citizen for doing the same thing that he was doing on this report. 100%. Like, where, where, where is his fine, him? Where is his own fine to have breaking the law at that time? No, and, and we're watching the video of me catching him red-handed. His hockey bag was there with his name and number on it. And as you might recall, Alexa, he said he was at the Earnscliff Recreation Center to, quote, respect the, uh, sorry, inspect the facility, end quote. Well, <laughs> first of all, if you're there to inspect the facility, go ahead and inspect it. Why are you running away from me? You're Right now, folks, what you're seeing is uh, Patrick Brown and his chauffeur um, frog marching out to their um, uh, Mercedes SUV, which was, by the way, taking up two parking spots, a real douchebag move, if you ask me. But so if you're if, if that's your answer to why you're there, why aren't you inspecting the facility? And, you know, Alexa, don't you find it odd that somebody who's inspecting a rec facility you know, checking, oh, I don't know, the Freon levels, 
checking the oil levels of the Zamboni. Why are you wearing what appears to be like a three thousand dollar suit? <laughs> it's, <laughs> what, it's what I was going to say. You, I said, I was actually going to tell you since when we inspect a facility with like a nice suit with a cravat. Yeah, like un a unbelievable. So, and by the way, if you do watch the video, folks, and if you haven't, it's a classic. Um, you see right from the get-go, I introduce myself with my name, my organization, Rebel News. He goes on Twitter and into other media saying, I was pretending to be a reporter with Maple Leafs TV. <laughs> now, he's wearing Maple Leaf swag. That's because I just wanted to blend in with the hockey players. But here's what happens when you lose track of the line. And it's this. You see, Patrick, there's no such thing as Maple Leafs TV. There was something called Leafs TV, and then it was rebranded as Leafs Nation TV. But there was no such entity as Maple Leafs TV. So when you're crafting these lies, get the facts that you base these lies on correct. Do a little research. And Alexa, I don't know if we can dig it up on short notice, but I thought our um, wonderful colleague Lincoln Jay really um, hammered Patrick Brown at the last conservative leaders uh, debate. And it was with the question that, I'm paraphrasing now, but given what we saw in that report, that you were breaking the rules of the city, that you were locking down all the rec facilities while you secretly played hockey, how can Canadians trust you on bigger picture issues if we caught you in a lie, and um, if Olivia does find that, uh, yeah. how did Patrick? Um, how did Patrick? I Brown's, was there. <laughs> you, you were there as well. So we, I'm there. not going to say his response, but simply it's this, folks. Patrick Brown replied to the question with, "Shockers, a lie. Check it out." <laughs> Jay for Rebel News. Uh, we've seen you shut down Brampton public parks, playgrounds, and other public facilities under threats of $880 COVID fine and worse. My colleagues and I witnessed you breaking your own rules, heading to play hockey with your friends, and you lied about that too. What do you say to voters that don't believe you because of your past actions? Well, I certainly don't agree with uh, Rebel Media uh, and was very clear that I was one of the few big city mayors that pushed back against the closures of, of recreation. Um, and I'm sure you know that complaint from Rebel um, was found to be factually uh, incorrect. And uh, I'm proud of my record during COVID-19 to have been one of the few big city mayors in the country who didn't have vaccine mandates and pushed um, to uh, make sure that recreation was open to, to stay active, to stay fit. Uh, Alexa, let, let's take inventory of all those statements he made, probably five statements. Um, lie, 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 lie. <laughs> um, he was not one of the few big city mayors that pushed back against COVID-19 restrictions, Alexa, as you know. In fact, he ramped it up. I mean, maybe this was done in other cities, but I don't know of it. He went out and hired Paladin Security. And basically, they cannot give those, you know, $1,000-plus bylaw infraction tickets. But, Alexa, their role 
were to exist as professional snitches. So they would literally hide in the bushes in some cases and wait for somebody to breach the lock gate and get on the soccer field or the baseball diamond. And they would phone Brampton bylaw and they'd come racing along like Batman and Robin in the Batmobile <laughs> to hand out tickets. And so what is he talking about? If that's pushback, um, what is a, um, I don't know, a vindictive way of enforcing the bylaws? But what he says is actually not the reality. He's actually lying himself, saying that we are lying. So who is the liar? I think it's mostly him. But what I was there. He entered in the, the place. He was really excited to answer the question, especially in French. He said, oh, in French, do you have any question? And Lincoln like went straight with this question. <laughs> so you can see, you can see in his face. Like it was going, oh shit, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, and you see those beady eyes going back and forth. He's going, how do I spin this? How do I spin this? Uh, I, uh, plan B, plan C. And by the way, when he said that our our report was debunked, I think what he's referring to here, Alexa, is there was an integrity commissioner report on that incident. And I got to go back a few years ago. One of the first things Patrick Brown did when he became the mayor of Brampton is he got rid of the old integrity commissioner and he put a friend in the place of integrity uh, commissioner. So she went through all the allegations, which we caught on film, absolved them of everything. I don't know how. And the only slightest slap on the wrist was that Mr. Mayor should have been wearing a face mask. He was wrong there. And of course, there were no penalties. But as they say in Vegas, uh, Alexa, hey, the fix is in, eh? <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously, but he is one of the, not, of, not of the worst, but a candidate that you cannot trust. And he, he cannot even like answer to the question when we ask him how the vote of the voter can trust him after what he he have done, and he still like say that he's a lie. He didn't do that. Yeah, imagine having the nickname Sneaky, Sneaky Patrick Brown, and this guy wants to be prime minister. Anyways, folks, we're gonna move on. The only reason we dredge up this old video is, uh, of course, uh, the lead item of the two conservative MPs switching allegiance from Brown to Polyev. And secondly, as uh, Alexa alluded to earlier, um, check out rebelnews.com or our YouTube channel sometime, I think, after 2 p.m. We have a blockbuster story uh, to report on Patrick Brown doing something... <gasps> I know you won't believe me. He's doing something sneaky again. <laughs> this might be worse, I think, than what he did at the hockey rink. I'm not going to say any more. Um, so please tune in for that and watch yet again as you experience deja vu all over of Patrick Brown being caught red-handed with his uh, hands in the cookie jar yet again. Unbelievable, Alexa. Um yeah. So uh, I guess we have to tread carefully here, um, but Ontario's mask mandate uh, will be lifted on public transit this week. 
And yes. And here's the thing. I I was listening to the mayor on radio coming into Rebel News World Headquarters this morning. And um, the mayor was saying uh, how the science supports this, that uh, the mask mandate should be lifted on Saturday. Uh, Not today, mind you, you know, that coronavirus is hanging around big time for the next 48 hours. But here's the inexplicable thing. You know, Alexa, the mayor said the mandate is going. The mayor said the science supports the mandate going in terms of public transit. But he wants you to wear your masks on the public transit system. Nevertheless, Alexa, I don't understand it. If the medical health people and John Tory is not a doctor, nor does he even play one on TV, if the medical you know, health people, the science table, et cetera, are saying, yep, as of, uh, you know, going forward into the month of June, we don't need these on public transit anymore. Then why is John Tory still advocating for it? <laughs> oh, because you have different science, huh, you know, you have, uh, for different people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's weird science, uh, the name of a pretty crappy 1980s uh, movie. But um, I think it's just more virtue signaling. I I think there's a class of people, Alexa, that really wearing the mask, and uh, I'll I'll rely on the uh, producers if I'm getting too close to uh, YouTube red zone territory, but it's not so much that they are truly fearful of contracting the coronavirus, but it's almost like a symbol. It's almost that I believe in big government. I believe mm-hmm. in big lockdowns. I believe in the restrictions of my liberties and freedoms. Um, much like you'd see a, um, a Muslim woman wearing a hijab or a Christian wearing a cross or a Sikh wearing a turban. You're advertising, I'm on team Islam, team Christianity, team Sikhism. I think that's what we're seeing with people who in mid-2022 are still reacting and still behaving like it's the early days of 2020 when, let's face it, Alexa, we didn't know anything about this coronavirus. But over the last two years, we sure do have an education and we realize that there's no need for something like a mask anymore. Yeah, since some. Some people still don't know like how coronavirus like is working. So they, they just following like, oh yeah, the mask is working and the measure was working. But if the measure was working, answer that question. I want to go to Montreal. I can take a bus, but I cannot take the train because <laughs> the vaccine passport. Oh yes. <laughs> it's obligated for the train. But I can take the bus where people are more close to each other and you have less space and you have less aeration. But I cannot take the train where it's really spacey and people are really far to each other and the aeration is really good. You know what? You raise an excellent point. those who are, you know, those elected officials and unelected bureaucrats that pose that, you know, that um, back lockdowns, for example, Alexa, 
and are all about masking and social distancing. They, they tend to be the same people that are lecturing us, park your car, you're killing the planet, damn it, stop driving, use public transit. Well, if we all congregate on public transit, well, there goes the social distancing thing, uh, you know, unless are you going to have the uh, trains and buses run at 50% capacity, in which case there's going to be a backlog of people waiting for the next half-empty bus, in which case you're going to be late for work, in which case your commute is going to be a misery. What I'm saying, Alexa, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, uh, give up your car. Uh, you're an evil person for contributing to lethal climate change or the climate crisis or the climate emergency, as they say. And then at the same time, expect people to pack in like sardines to public transit, because as I said earlier, so much for social distancing. Mm -hmm. But in the same time, like they, they are promoting the, um, the electric car, okay? Yep. But when you do a lot of distance, it's really difficult for the person who do a longer, long distance travel for the work or anything. Like example me, I'm doing like Quebec, Montreal right now, but I need to wait what, 45 minutes in between to charge my car in between. <laughs> and, and during the winter, the capacity, like the performance cut at half. So before changing all the car, they, they, they should bring like a car that is adapt to every kind of driving. Oh, and there are other problems. Uh, we've ta I've talked about this with our beloved colleague, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Uh, California actually has a law on the books. I don't know how they're going to mandate it, that by 2035, it's less than 13 years away, Alexa, all cars being sold, all vehicles being sold in California must be full elect electric vehicles. Well, what's going to power them? This is already a state which has more than the population of Canada that is suffering brownouts and blackouts, primarily because they only have one nuclear plant that is still functioning to provide electricity. Just imagine millions more electric cars on the California grid system. That's going to lead to blackout and brownout disaster. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a report that was tabled that said exactly that, that unless the energy requirements are ramped up, and of course, they're anti-coal in California, they're anti-gas uh, and diesel, they're anti-nuclear, there's no uh, new nuclear plants uh, on the uh, drawing board as far as I, I'm concerned. What's going to power all these electric cars? Uh, Dilithium crystals? Star Trek fans will get that reference. Um, but it's not going to be windmills and solar panels. It, there's just not enough energy. So again, these people pushing these agendas, Alexa, when it comes to reality, they haven't thought things through, have they? Mm -hmm. And, and I, just one minute, like the most polluted thing on Earth, the main one, it's plain. Plain mm. are really a huge polluted like um, engine, and some of the like big uh, elite are using private jets. Oh yeah. So ima imaging the uh, carbon footprint, how big it is. Probably Trudeau have a carbon footprint 
like bigger than everybody in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, what was that stat? He has virtually circled the world in terms of his um, airplane travel, um, yes. in terms of the thousands of kilometers. And again, um, it's again, one law for thee, one law for me. It, it, by the way, this proves that if Patrick Brown did become prime minister, and if that happens, I think I'm moving to Nicaragua or something like that. But you know, this this hypocrisy, Alexa, um, why does Trudeau have to get on a plane and go halfway around the world for some virtue signaling conference when he can do what you and I are doing right now? We're, we're, we're talking via Skype or Zoom or what have you. That's what they preach for uh, for everyone else to do. But I think the um, the muckety mucks, they like the idea of uh, taking a little vacation, you know, so when the World Economic uh, Forum is in Davos, oh, Davos is beautiful this time of year. Uh, can't wait to go. Don't get the full Swiss experience uh, talking over a video monitor. So I think I'll get on a plane. What a hypocrite. Yeah. And after that, they say uh, it's us that we all hated <laughs> the word. But of course, because we pay for their private jet and their like travel. It's why we, it's us that we all polluted the, the word, of course, because it's our money that is injected there. And, and they're all the same, whether it's Justin Trudeau or Al Gore or David Suzuki and their acolytes, because I've actually had this discussion when I bring up these people, these climate change warriors, how do you... Um, how do you connect the dots that they're flying, say, all the way to Australia on a private jet? And <laughs> while they're telling us to, you know, dial back our existence to something like Fred Flintstone, you know, <laughs> the mm -hmm. Stone Age. And they say things, well, you see, what they're preaching is so important. And if it changes the behavior of thousands, if not millions of people, then it's worth it for them to have a big carbon footprint. But like I said, Alexa, they don't have to be there in person. We have the technology that they can video conference this. So I'm not buying that explanation at all, are you? No, and but I will tell you something. Your next cake will be a bug's cake. Will be a what cake? A bug's oh, cake. A bug. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, I remember watching some local media. This was when I was in high school back in the 70s, and it was the Royal Ontario Museum here in Toronto. And they actually had, I guess they were ahead of the curve. I mean, I, I was watching this news report, my jaw on the uh, floor. But they were looking at, uh, it was an exhibit called, you know, Cooking with Bugs. And um, I'll never forget one of the items that was there for people to sample was bumblebee raisin bread. <laughs> and what was uncanny about this is because when you chop up the bumblebees, you can't tell whether that thing in your bread is a raisin or a piece of bumblebee. <laughs> so, I know you're getting sick right now, but hand to God, uh, Alexa, I'm not making this up. Uh, and I guess I guess the Royal Ontario Museum was just so, so ahead of the curve. But um, on the flip side, the bug cuisine advocates, 
Alexa will tell you that the protein in, in insects is uh, it's off the mm -hmm. charts. It's like 80% protein compared to, I don't know what it is for steak, maybe 28%. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. So um, is there a way to, because uh, I know you're a great chef, is there a way to disguise the bug part of the meal by making the bug entrees taste good somehow? So we get the yeah. protein. Yeah, there is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I buy myself. Um, it's a bog's powder um, grill, and it's a flavor flare that oh, yes. you use for cake. So uh, you make a part mixed with normal flour, 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 and you mix both, and you can make muffin cakes, and it's really high in protein. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, um, last weekend I was in downtown Toronto. I was on a patio, beautiful day, and uh, having a snack. And I said to the waiter, uh, excuse me, waiter, there is a fly in my soup. And he said, uh, yeah, and your problem is? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's the way it comes, right? <laughs> oh, what a brave new world we live in with such wonders in it. And uh, so we'll move on. Cheese, we went from wearing masks on TTC vehicles <laughs> to uh, bug soup. Unbelievable. Uh, but we have a video because uh, maybe the folks are getting. We do. <laughs> and it's uh, Trudeau's uh, transport minister. Omar, uh, Omar uh, Cotter. Oh, uh, sorry. Omar Al-Gabra. <laughs> I got my Omars oh, mixed yeah. up. Uh, <laughs> and he's saying uh, Canadians shouldn't bet on travel restrictions being lifted anytime soon. I think that's a good bet. Uh, let's check out what he had to say. <laughs> Just about the vaccination, can you just clarify, because it's still an obligation to be vaccinated to take trains, etc. Um, what's the process? Are you reconsidering that and what will be the process? So, like every other public health measures we put in place, uh, cabinet uh, debates it and, uh, and uh, looks at the evidence before it, uh, consults experts, including Dr. Theresa Tam, and then we make a decision. And like we've done in the past, many of these measures are reviewed on a regular basis, and sometimes we make adjustments. Should I bet on the obligation to be lift for this summer, let's say? So, one thing I learned that if I bet against COVID, I always lose. <laughs> so I don't advise anybody to bet. Thanks on for that financial advice. But <laughs> and don't use crypto either. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, but look, I, I could bet with crypto. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't but that's up but, to you. But, but just uh, so stick with look, vaccination. I, again, I, I really can't give you a firm date because uh, it's an ongoing process. But We've demonstrated in the past that when we think it's the time to adjust a certain measure, we do it really quickly. You know, Alexa, the first thing that strikes me about that video is the cozy relationship with the mainstream media. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh don't bet on yeah. this. Don't bet on that. I lose every time. You know what would take the humor away from that press conference? Why didn't they stage it at Pearson International Airport where people... Uh, are spending sometimes a couple of days trying to get on a flight. The lineups linger for hours and hours. This is no joking situation. It can be rectified immediately by taking away these ridiculous restrictions. And really, um, if it's uh, they're th they're in place at least until June 30th. 
you know they're going to be extended. So what's the over-under line here, um, Alexa? Is it Labor Day, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas? Like, what is it? When do we rid ourselves of these ludicrous restrictions that don't do anything? Actually, they do do something. They make our lives a living miserable uh, misery, those who can travel, and they mm -hmm. are destroying the tourism industry. You want to know my personal opinion? Of course. I think I think the vaccine passport uh, and the obligation to be vaccinated created a um, shortage on labor. So they are missing so many employees. And now they have something else that they need to ask. Another like scanning like vaccine passport. So already in the past, they needed a lot of staff to scan the uh, luggage, uh, to verify the, the passport to, um, for, the, for the plane as well. But now they need more staff for scan the vaccine passport, yep. but they have less staff than before, okay? So that created a big chaos in the airport. But they want that. You know why? Because they want to implement the key TDI, the non-digital traveler identity that Mr. Tristan Trudeau have signed with the WEF in 2018. But they want the acceptability of the population. How to make that work? Create a chaos that want, the people want the normality back. So that will bring that option to them. And they the, the population will say, of course we want that. We want normality back. So they will get the acceptability of the population to implement the non-digital traveler identity, the digital identity. And so afterward, they will remove the vaccine passport because the vaccine passport will be inside of the non-digital traveler identity. So they will be able to do everything, but with machine, the machine will verify you, your identity, your vaccine passport with your information, your digital uh, and biometric identity. You know what, Alexa, that is a fascinating theory. And sadly, I think you might be right. I think this is the way this government is going. They're all about control. We've seen this from their record of the last seven years, and they're going to look at these digital identities, much like they're going to look at censoring the Internet. That's, you know, uh, on their front burner. And yet, you know, again, I, I will challenge you on one point about less staff. And you are correct, by the way. But at Pearson Airport, let's crunch the numbers, because when you look at the staffing levels, it doesn't make sense of the fiascos happening. I understand they are only operating at 90% staffing. So there's 10% that are not there that should be there. Yet the uh, volume of travelers at Pearson, Alexa, is 70% of what it was in 2019. In other words, the last full year before COVID. So I might not be a mathematics whiz. In fact, I think I failed grade 11 <laughs> math. <laughs> but here's the deal. I think if you have 90% staffing and you're only dealing with 70% capacity, that's a net gain, is it not? Yeah, but 
all the, the, the people who lost their job, they took new people that are, they are not trained for it. Mm. So they are learning on the job, doing the same job, but they, they are not the experience of the people who lost their job. So you take someone that have experience with a person who have not, no experience, and the person who have no experience, it's as performant of the person who used to do that job. You know, and what drives me nuts on this file, Alexa, is that this, you know, what's happening at the airports, especially Pearson in Toronto, it's not the result of a storm or a catastrophe or anything like mm -hmm. this. This is fixable immediately yeah. by dropping these mandates. And yeah. it's only being promoted for virtue signaling. Look what we're doing you know, to keep Canadians safe. But I'll tell you this, Alexa, I think people, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, left, right, center, in between, mm -hmm. when you go through this misery and you know it yeah. is, you know, unneeded, it's not effective, I think it's only going to grow resentment for this current federal government mm -hmm. to such a degree that uh, whenever we have that election, uh, mm -hmm. people are going to vote with that resentment in mind every time they have to go to an airport in this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I need to explain to you, like, just my, my way to see. Like, example, I was working in a restaurant, okay? And every time that you see a massive changing of staff, we have the same number of staff. But at the end, is a total chaos in the restaurant. Dirty everywhere. People are not like working <laughs> at the same level. And it's, it's just it's just totally like not working. But take that image and put it back to the airport. Yeah. It's actually what happened with the implementation of the uh, mandatory vaccination and vaccine passport. It's the same. Same, same, same. It, we have the same picture here. And the thing is, if they are lifting all the mandates, the people who are working in the airport, they will come back. They, they love their job. They want to work. Well, I hope these mandates are lifted sooner rather than later. But I fear for a false political narrative, this Trudeau liberal government is going to keep them in place. And there's no reason whatsoever for it. So, hey, oh. why am I... I'll use the phrase from Alfred E. Newman, the mascot from the dearly departed Mad Magazine, because I don't have a Vax Pass. What me worry? <laughs> I'm not flying anywhere. <laughs> so, anyways, well, you know, uh, Alexa, as you know, it's uh, Gay Pride Month, or I guess it's just Pride Month, or is it LGBTQABC uh, <laughs> and sometimes Y Month? I don't know. I can't keep up to date. And we have a video here, evidently. Oh, goody, the Durham Children's Aid Society, in partnership with the Pickering Public Library and Pride Toronto, of course, where they're hosting mm -hmm. drag queen story time for kids yes. aged 0 to 12. I mean, they, they just came out of the womb. Holy mackerel. Let's check out mm -hmm. what this is about. <laughs> Hello. So my name is Max and I'm with the Children's Aid Society and I want to w welcome you to our second 
uh, Dragon Story Time this year for the first time after three years. And I know Lucy is excited to be with us because she was over the camera for two years seeing all of us. And I know lots of people were excited to see her here. So I, I'll tell you why we are here. Back in 2017, we had a little special friend who said that they don't feel safe going to library or going to school or going to, you know, to park with their friends. So we got together and we called all of our friends and we got on board the Durham Regional Police Service and the school board as well as Durham Region. And we embarked on the journey of creating safe spaces for all children and creating spaces where everyone can be celebrated and feel safe. And I'm happy to report, so today we have over 30 organizations who joined us and made sure that they let everyone know that they are welcome in their spaces. No matter who you are, you're welcome there and you will have fun with them. So welcome you all here and let's have some good times. Yes. Oh, or you give you an tell people what I want downstairs. Huh? Yes, okay, so after the... Wow. So, Alexa, that's the new narrative to justify drag queen story time. It's a safety issue because, as that man said, he knew somebody that felt unsafe going to a library. You know, I was at the Richmond Hill Library yesterday. True story. And, um, you know, there were downed hydro wires. There were venomous snakes and scorpions running around. Uh, I had to run for my life. It was such an unsafe environment. This is ludicrous. And, you know, I have no issue if men want to dress up and pretend they're women mm -hmm. and be drag queens. You know, do, fill your boots if you want to march in a pride parade. No problem at all. Mm -hmm. But this compulsion, and it's growing every year, as far as I can tell, Alexa, of somehow getting children into the mix. These are elementary age children, children 12 and under that are mm -hmm. being exposed to this. And drag queen mm -hmm. story time is one thing, as our colleague uh, Juan um, pointed out in one of his reports a few days ago, there was the Dallas gay bar called Mr. Mister that actually had drag queens doing their like stripper performances and little kids walking up to the stripping drag queens with dollar bills uh, to give mm -hmm. them. What parent brings their child to this kind of thing? This is not kid friendly in my book or I don't know, uh, Alexa, am I a homophobe or a transphobe or something? No, no. Um, where you say that it was uh, that um, that that activity? Dallas, Texas. Drag? Okay, yeah. so this weekend you have one in Montreal, sponsorized, sponsorized by the city. So the city is paying for this event, it's for children, and it's a drag queen storytelling. And so I tried to register myself, but oh, the day after they changed their policy that adults cannot go alone without the kids. So they actually refused me to, to go. And I wrote um, an email, so it would be on my next report, for having some answer to a question on um, what the um, drag queen have to be with the literacy of children. And I received a nice um, email saying that they are not answering to media, especially uh, the one that are promoting, uh, like you can see, 
Unfortunately, we will not be answering any question on this subject <laughs> as we feel that giving media space and platform to people who advocate hate and division and who do not share our value of inclusion and acceptance. Wait a minute. Uh, pot, meat, kettle, kettle, meat, pot. Um, they're exhibiting hate by saying if you don't have a child, uh, you are not getting in. And by the way, Alexa, not to uh, give you uh, any unwanted advice, but I'll do so anyways. Uh, why not play their game? Um, register yourself again and Guillaume and pretend Guillaume is your five-year-old son because uh, that's how he identifies, right? Uh, maybe your five-year-old daughter. I mean, he'll, he'll have a hard time explaining that bushy beard of his and uh, bring them in because isn't that what it's all about right now? It's, it's not who you are. It's who you identify as. Yeah. So why don't you give it another kick at the can and see what they say? I, I'm going to try something out because... It's obviously they don't want nobody filming probably or reporting on what is going on because as you know, my name is on both email of the one that was registering for going there and the one that was asking question. And that day I received, first of all, the changing policy and afterwards that email saying like that it would not answer my question. So the question arises, Alexa, if they don't want you there, if they don't want what they deem to be unfriendly media types there, what are they hiding? Exactly. It's, it's what I'm, I'm thinking. Because they are taking the money from the city without asking the citizen, are you agreeing that we take your money for funding an event for the kids with drag queen? And you know what? The event, it's sold out. Uh, you know, Alexa, try to get me in the head of a parent who thinks this is a great idea. I want my four-year-old son or my five-year-old daughter exposed to this. Um, first of all, what is the point in having a drag queen story time in the first place? And like I said, who are these parents that think this is just the best idea since sliced bread? Yeah, but... I think it's everywhere. They, they want to, to push a little bit um, the LGBTQ. And, and recently, I, I, I read an article that say, how can we be still heterosexual? <laughs> what the no, you're quite right. It's, I think it's about indoctrination. And I, I think I, uh, recently I saw a poll and it was... Um, I'm not sure if it was American or Canadian school children. I think it was Canadian. And it was something like 23% yeah. identified as LGBTQ2S++++. And the list goes on. Um, that is an outrageous number. We know that um, in that community, the percentage is less than 2%. Or historically, that's been uh, the percentage how did it jump by more than 20% virtually overnight? I think it's it's children being indoctrinated that this is mm -hmm. cool to be uh, trans or bi or two-spirit. Yeah. And uh, therefore, that's the box I'm ticking. And we look at these studies and go, oh, my God, look how big this uh, compu uh, community is. There, there you go. Thank you, uh, Super mm -hmm. Producer Olivia. 
uh, LGBT identification in U.S. ticks up to 7.1%. How do you go from less than 2 to 7.1% um, virtually overnight, Alexa? I'm not buying it. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> in the article that I was talking about, they say, oh, men are complaining often that women are not satisfying their sexuality. So why the man doesn't sleep with other men and try, maybe they will love it. <laughs> Yikes. Well, compared I, to that. Exactly. <laughs> it's writing there. Like they are always explaining how much uh, they love women. And, um, but I, I don't see where it's writing, but I was reading that as a person and I was like, maybe if a children read that, I don't know, like sometimes 12 years old, like they read article or I don't know. Wow. Saying that, say, oh, but you should explore. Because as you know, like women, sometimes they are not satisfying like the, the need of a man. Oh, yeah. So sleep, sleep with another <laughs> man, maybe you will love it. Well, you know what, Alexa, you have shocked me. And now I have super appreciation for La Lady Menzoid's oft-stated remark of, <laughs> not tonight, David, I've got a headache. <laughs> anyway, we, anyway. Should <laughs> we should get to some chats, I think, because we're, uh, we're kind of running out of time. And uh, how are we going to facilitate that, uh, Super Producer Olivia? Oh, on Slack for me? Oh, oh, I can do oh, it. Alexa, I'm going to, you see, um, folks, I am unfrozen caveman journalist. Your tall buildings and fast moving cars frighten and confuse me. So I'm going to let Alexa go on to uh, Slack. To me, yes. uh, Slack sounds like uh, a pair of pants, like Slacks. Uh, I know it's not that, but I can't figure out how to work it. But I'm sure... Alexa, who is uh, smarter than the average bear, will figure it out. So, Alexa, are you getting any of our chats on Slack? Yeah, of course. Okay. We have <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we have Juta Bursay, $1. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't they kick Patrick Brown out of the party? He lies every time he opens his mouth. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could push him. Well, my friend, let's see what the Conservative Party of Canada has to say once our video uh, hits the airwaves. You might get mm -hmm. your wish is what I'm hinting at. I hope so. Me too. So again, we have uh, Jita Bursay. Uh, $1, thank you again. So he said, the proof is in the... Pudding, look at is high lies, 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 and more lies. Well, I don't know about pudding because after all, today is indeed strawberry rhubarb pie day. <laughs> <laughs> strawberry I'll, look, I'll look up uh, which day uh, National Pudding Day uh, is and uh, I'll weigh in on the, uh, the, the pudding uh, question, Alexa. So we have Fra Fraser, $5. Thank you. Great. The real question is, when do we ride ourselves of Trudeau and their liberal? Maybe it's rib. 
Yes. When do we read? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that is uh, a very good question. I pray, Alexa, it, we're not waiting till 2025. Uh, that seems like an eternity away. And in political years, that is an eternity. I mean, goodness sakes, three months can be an eternity. The idea that we're going to have to wait at least uh, almost three years. And what I find so resentful, and I resent this man even more than Trudeau, it's Jugmeet Singh, the leader of the fourth place political party, holding this country yeah. hostage by propping up Trudeau on the one hand and sneakily, like a Patrick Brown, denouncing the Trudeau liberals with tweets and social media postings. Yet every time anything goes to a vote, yeah. Jugmeet and company are there to prop up this reprehensible government. Shame on you, Jugmeet Singh. You are a disgrace. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, here we have Cheryl Downs. One dollar, thank you. They, dating tips for the heterosexual. <laughs> Were you born with female or male genitals? Yeah. That's a good question for you, David Menzi. And well... <laughs> Uh, I, I haven't checked lately, but maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, but this is the thing, though, um, Alexa, you will hear when it comes to the radical trans community, what do genitals have to do with anything? You have men competing against biological women in sports, and they still have their wedding tackle there. You have men, and this is even more reprehensible, and this is because of Justin Trudeau, who are criminals who say, I identify as females, no hormone shots, no slicing and dicing of their male genitalia. And guess what? They go to do time in a woman's penitentiary where they can carry out carnage there with the biological woman. This world is upside down on this issue. We are caving to a percent of a percent of a percent. And that is the radical trans people who are demanding that we cater uh, to their various picadillos and fetishes, and we are lacking strong men and strong women to say, no, stop it. We are not going to bend the knee. That's the problem, Alexa. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a big problem of everything. I have the impression that right now we have a kind of cancel culture. Yep. Like, we don't know what is a man and a uh, woman anymore. Um, we have uh, massive immigration that's coming into Canada. Uh, Canadians are running away from here. So what is going on in Canada? I have the impression that everything is upside down and it's not working at all. It, it, it isn't. And um, right now, again, I think the indoctrination begins as early as elementary school like when we go back to these uh, drag queen uh, story times, I mean, I think I first heard of this five years ago. It was an anomaly. Now it's like, if your school doesn't have this, uh, what's wrong? Are you uh, transphobic or drag queen phobic or something? Uh, I, I, I shake my head, Alexa. Yeah, but same same thing for me, I would say. I, I just don't understand what is going on because I am for being free on how you feel to be. But do, do we need to expose and to try to implement some image and way to be to people? Just live your life of, uh, 
as you want to live your life. A hundred percent. And Alexa, when I went out to Kitchener last year to cover a protest of uh, there's a female penitentiary in Kitchener, Ontario, and there were protesters there about the number of biological men. Can you believe it? Uh, getting to do their time there and get a load of this. One of the demonstrators was a trans person. Um, that person, and I don't want to misgender the person, so I'll just say that person. That person was saying, no, this is wrong. You should not have biological men in a female penitentiary. The, um, here's the people I direct my ire towards, uh, Alexa, are not those trans people or members of that LGBTQ plus community that are just living their lives as private citizens. They're in suburbia. They just want to be left alone. It is the radicals. It is the true fringe movement that is saying um, we demand this, that, and the other. Oh, my goodness. There's me and my uh, (laughs) (laughs) ahead of the curve, uh, by the way. (laughs) But that's who I'm uh, directing uh, my ire against, uh, um, Alexa. And the sooner those in charge realize that you're not catering to the demands of a community, but a radical fringe of that community, then the better it will be for all of us. Yeah, exactly. Do we have still uh, Super Chat? I think we finished. Oh, but we finished our time too. It's no, been we, an hour. we are done. <laughs> Whoa, how do you like that? It, uh, almost almost uh, one hour on the dot. Time flies when you're having fun. I thought it was just like uh, five minutes. Well, Alexa, thank you so much for filling in for the She-Devil, Sheila Gunn-Reed. She is covering some very important court business in Alberta. And, of course, she will report on that lately. And thank you to the uh, super producers behind the tinted glass. I can barely see them. But I think uh, we have uh, Olivia and Efron. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in, especially those who gave a chat with a... uh, dollar amount attached to it. That is how we keep the lights on. There will be two new rebels in this spot uh, tomorrow at noon Eastern. I'll be back with Sheila on Tuesday at noon. In the meantime, folks, as always, stay sane. Mr. Speaker, one out of every four Canadian in this country is going hungry because they cannot afford their groceries. At the same time, corporations are making record profits. They're breaking record after record. Our plan is to tax the excess. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask the honourable member to start from the top so that we can all hear his question. The honourable member for Burnaby South. I just mentioned that Canadians are hungry, and I hear laughter in the chambers. Yes. They should be ashamed of themselves. while corporations are making record profits and are responsible for one-fourth of the inflation that Canadians are experiencing. Our plan is to tax the excess profits of these corporations and put the money directly into the pockets of Canadians who need it. When will this government stop protecting the wealth of these corporations and start standing up for families who need help right now? The Honourable...